Hey guys, Colton here. There's still time to submit your thank you note to an X for our special episode. You can share whatever you're comfortable with. All entries are welcomed. You can be mad. You can be sad. You can be happy. It could be like Dr. Seuss wrote it. Go crazy. Send it to our email at bestexuspod at gmail.com or our social media uh, like bestexuspod for Instagram and bestexuspodcast on Facebook. Thank you and we're looking forward to it. Have a happy day. Well, welcome back. Happy December, Gabe. How was Thanksgiving? Um, it was great. Do you want to share some specific details about the Thanksgiving that happened in the past? So it was delicious. Mm. We ate a lot of food mm-hmm. and like family was there. Great. And then I like got to join you with your family mm-hmm. a couple days after and yep. enjoy your Thanksgiving. And I love all of the memories that I experienced wow. uh, over those two days. And it's almost too much to talk about. I'm not, I mean, the specifics are staggering. If you guys can't tell, we're recording this before Thanksgiving. But it's <laughs> post-Thanksgiving for you. So happy Thanksgiving. Happy and did you th- survive? Fake Thanksgiving. Happy because, Thanksgiving. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, if you did have a rough Thanksgiving, I'm sorry. Uh, however you chose to celebrate it. If you just wanted to be by yourself and Postmate yourself a pizza, then that's amazing. And... I join you spiritually. Yeah, I think that that's a valid choice. I just had a flash memory that I had blocked out where last year at my family Thanksgiving, my very old, ooh, I won't name a specific person. Say a, certain, a letter. A certain member of my family T. used a slur against my sister's girlfriend. It was joy and love for all that oh my was... god please tell me who that was later oh i told you i don't know oh, i definitely told you that <laughs> i love when people step out of line yeah it was interesting especially in family situations that's that's my favorite i mean i'm most likely to be the person to say something offensive when i'm with my family i mean sorry correction i'm the only person who says something <laughs> offensive when i'm with my family just into that out of there uh so that my mom's not listening to this being like oh my god people think that i'm offensive no the only thing that's offensive mom is that you make the best goddamn roast i this side of mississippi i don't remember how much roast is left from last night not much but i want to eat some more before i leave there is some in there there's a tupperware with the mashed potatoes and gravy i would love to make some sort of small like reasonable non-selfish sized sandwich Mm. With the leftover yeah, there's roast. bread. There's bread here, and <sighs> you know she she got it on lock. Good old schmom. She, she, I mean, this is actually technically a couple days before Thanksgiving for us, mm-hmm. but you'll be listening to this in the future. Future times. Um, everything's Chrome, and Trump isn't president anymore. Hopefully, <sighs> in this future. That's in five days. Anyways, <laughs> Very hopeful. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope your December was kicked off. This is Best Exes, and who is that over there? <laughs> Oh, you want me to introduce me? No, I just wanted you. You usually start the kickoff. Yeah, the that's why I was like, I was kind of excited that you were kicking it off. I don't like, like kicking things. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Best Texas, everybody. That's Frodo Baggins. And that's Samwise Gamgee. We're so glad you're joining and us we... post Thanksgiving. We're sending you healing energy from the Shire. Because mm-hmm. um, everybody needs a Samwise Gamgee, we've... who is your platonic friend that you maybe have slept with before. We've talked about how. In my heart, I want to be Galadriel, mm. 
but I'm just you. It's undeniable that I'm Samwise Gamgee. Yeah, and that's okay. That's okay. He gets a little viol or, or her rope. He gets her rope. He gets a rope. She blesses him with a gift of a rope, Elvish rope. <laughs> that's right. He gets magic. How sad is that? He gets that fucking magic gets rope. Some fucking Except rope. he uses it to get through all the like the craggy rock area I of know. the second book, and they use it to like bind Gollum, which they needed, and it's very important. <sighs> and that's the extent of that gift. <laughs> um, so if you haven't seen the Lord of the Rings, what's wrong with you? <sighs> and then when you just get offended by that, remember I told you I'm most likely to be the person to offend everybody at a family dinner, and like I'm sorry, but it they're they're really good cinema. I just really love that scene slash gif in one of the hobbits we've already talked about this where she screams and it makes me feel good she screams she picks up you have no i've already done it you it. <laughs> your mom i was talking to your mom this morning and it made me really happy because she said she was listening to the podcast last week's episode on the way to jazzercise to the jazzercise and i went on my rant about my ongoing feud with lady gaga yes. and the song ao and can you guess what song started playing when she walked into jazzercise <gasps> A hyphen capital Y-O. No. And she said that it made her whole morning. (laughs) I don't think she probably had heard that that song before. Well, she did say that it's been in the rotation, but not for a while, I think she said. Like, because they do certain music and then they change it up. Well, look, like, I feel like if I ever let myself get to the chorus, I could maybe appreciate that it's a catchy song. But I, I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I can't get to the chorus. I have to abort the second. <laughs> but I found that delightful that she was like, no, "Hey, guess what song came on?" That's Jazz cute. <laughs> yeah, that's really cute. I mean, I find that those weird coincidences and things follow me all the time. I keep meeting Leos. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Uh, but yeah, Mercury you know, is in retrograde. It's in Gatorade today. It's in Gatorade. <laughs> Mercury's in Gatorade. <laughs> You've never heard that? No, it's okay. my new favorite. I low key stole that from something. It was like the internet. Sorry, messy star just texted me. Mercury is in Gatorade. <laughs> Um, it's funny that we're talking about Lord of the Rings when really we should be brushing up on another common topic of this podcast, which is Harry Potter, because we have a Harry Potter trivia night that I believe your father is entering a group of us into. Yeah. So December 19th, Peltzer Winery, they're not paying us. No. Never. They they certainly wouldn't have that in the budget. Um, it's like the fastest growing, like coolest winery in all of White Temecula. All of White? (laughs) Oh, it's true, but that's um, specific I, and hard. I mean, as if it goes without explaining, you know, we know who they voted for here. Yes. Um, I actually registered in this county, fun fact, because I just want to cause a little chaos. Oh, registered voter in I White did. There are Trump rallies monthly uh, at the little in the little community areas of this city. And I just want to show up one day and just like plant seeds of doubt and people being <laughs> like, you know what? I think I've, I've been wrong my whole life about these gay people. I think I think Shonda Rhimes is onto something. And like, just walk away. And then people will be left thinking like, who is this black person that I don't know because I'm clearly a racist. Do you think a lot of people's entry into Not me, I'm not the black person, it's Shonda Rhimes. Sorry. Do you think a lot of people's entry point into the existence of people of color and or queer people is Shonda Rhimes programs? It was me. I was mine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was gay until I saw oh, Catherine Heigl <laughs> on Grey's Anatomy. And I was like, if this was going to do it, I saw Sandra this was gonna Oh do it. with her perfect, like slightly curled wave falling against her scrubs. Getting and out said, of that motorcycle. Girl, 
I'm gay. Oh, yeah. Helmet off, hair fall. Well, Perfect. Yeah. And if you are a lesbian and that was your lesbianic ex- like experience watching Christina Yang get off of the motorcycle, <gasps> please write in to I us. I think if I were a lesbian, I think I would have had a big crush on Sandra Oh. I just oh, realized. That's cute. I mean, as as it should be. Ask, we'll ask our sisters. Yeah, we'll talk to our... We'll, we'll do some... some. Uh, well, we're going to do a poll. How about this? We'll do a lesbian sister poll. <laughs> well, no, so there's a trivia night for Harry Potter, and we're both really excited because we are grown-up children who know way too much about this Harry Potter. This is true. I, I have to tell you, I didn't mention this to your father because I want him to feel confident and going me. in. But I am nervous because it's been... Like many years since I've actually read the text. It's been minutes for me, so I got And you. when we were on a cruise some years ago and yeah. we did that Harry Potter trivia on that cruise, we did not win. Well, it was ma'am. only because it was like stupid shit like when you're becoming a werewolf, what what That's happens what this to your is hind be legs? Too, probably. No, because they want to be all inclusive and they're gonna say like, What page or werewolves Look, there's in the book? There's gonna be a question about a bazoar. There's yeah, gonna be it's a, a question. Bezoar, thank you. Oh, what? How's it pronounced? Bezoar. It's not bezoar. No. Okay. Well, it's that's co- gonna be. It's caroused, darling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Mackenzie. Oh, also, we would love to hear if what you guys think about um, the guests that we have on because we want to keep having guests and guess, we're trying guess, to guess. decide how frequently to have them. Yeah, we. Um, so let us know what you think. It's like because it's mean, a delight for us. Yeah, it's so inc- it's really fun. It is like another whole schedule we have to work around. But when we know that it is like something that everybody is looking forward to and enjoys, we can make the those. We can pressure those people into doing it. Yeah. We can be like, um, but you have a following. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, uh, your episodes are going to be like the most listened to. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but no, I enjoy it. I love doing this with Gabe. I very much have loved having all of our guests on. And we want to know if you have loved it too. Um, or if you guys have yeah. like ideas for themed episodes, we're always down. We could do one where we're wearing funny hats the whole episode. Oh my gosh, a funny hat episode! I'm gonna do a it. Costume right now. contest I got this. Wait, episode, wait, wait. I'm perfect doing it right for now. podcasting. I have my funny hat on. Um, but yeah, if you have thoughts, email us bestexespod at gmail.com Where you should also be sending us your thank you notes to exes. Just PS. yes, be sending those in. We really appreciate it. We've gotten some really wonderful ones. We're just going to do a special little episode for fun later. And I'm really excited about it. And uh, thanks, everybody, for for actually listening to this. (laughs) I'm very honored. Um, I love to give a little shout out to my cousin, Leighton, who just got married to Clayton over this last weekend. Congratulations. Uh, Of course, it looked lovely. Everybody's getting engaged and married, and here I am. Oh, well, don't make it sad about you. No, I. I want to make it about me. Okay, I guess it is your podcast. This is But the photos message. from the wedding looked beautiful. Beautiful. She looks beautiful. Uh she is pro- hopefully not going to work on Monday and she will be hearing this. I hope she gets more time off. Oh yeah, take some honeymoon time, <laughs> take please. Take 3 years off. Quit girl. your job, just live your life. And like cash out your 401k, yeah. like just be done. File joint. Why would you ever work taxes again? taxes and no. leave the country forever. Neither like, of you need to get work. Out of here. Just fly somewhere. Sign up for the NASA Start space over. program. And Go to Mars. Go to Mars like Lance Bass couldn't. Anyways, congratulations. Um, And (laughs) I don't know if I have any mom dates because... Mom updates. Because, I mean, except for... Oh, you know what she did tell me? Oh, did we get one? This was funny because she... Because I mentioned my friend Paula... And I made it sound like she she listens with to the podcast with her children, and that is not right. <laughs> like she listens to it on the way to pick them up from school, and oh, okay. then turns on like Switchfoot. 
like which is way more appropriate than me <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh switchfoot teaches us that you were meant to live for so much more was but i lost myself Texas yeah uh, us so that. sorry if i made it seem like you were making your children embrace did you put her on this. blast last time did i didn't it name? wasn't blast at all i was saying yeah, like i didn't think you she messaged name. me and said like she loves listening to it and i drew conclusions which i do as you know as someone who dated oh, me man i was excited that there were like some young kids listening to our like a nine-year-old like, that just is like i love when they did <laughs> britney spears <laughs> i did no. i more yeah. was excited about the thought of kids going to school thanksgiving week to be like pocahontas was raped by the settler <laughs> <laughs> oh no we don't know if she was because the white men the certainly would have reported <laughs> i was raped sorry uh Bye. we're not making fun of rape oh. i'm so sorry Meh. Yeah, maybe we should do like a, one of our periodic check-ins where we explain the fact that we like to talk about relationships and sometimes mental health in the True. name of con- comedy because it's our way of coping about things and thinking about the world. Not saying that relationships and, uh, you know, all of that means rape. No, I but, said mental health. Well, yeah, or mental health. I mean, it's definitely you have a little sprinkle of mental health, I'm sure, after that experience and we'll pray for you. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I feel like it's so much a part of my everyday life to talk about my depression, (laughs) um, that if I'm ever talking to somebody new, I'm just always like, wow, I seem really crazy. No, I don't think, well, that's interesting that you feel that way. Not like, not like bad about myself, but I'm like, oh my gosh, like I think I'm around so many people that are either used to it or also have it. (laughs) But that's interesting because I don't think you're personality or like the way you present the world comes across as some sort of like depressed person who's like dealing with mental health like i mean it's certainly gay i think that you come across as a gay man with a gay man with a man bun but thank you but no but i (laughs) think that the fact that you talk about mental health and do so on this podcast is actually a really important and a really valid thing because i know that there are people listening to this podcast who share very similar experiences and similar feelings and we don't want to be walking around pretending like we're some influencers on Instagram who just like are have living the best lives when in reality, like they have a mattress in their apartment they're crying on every weekend, you know? We well, want, to, we want to be honest about of our mattresses and our crying I have a schedules. bed frame that we bought t- together. Um, we did. It's from Purple. Purple mattresses. And they're not sponsoring <laughs> us. If you use a code mental illness, <laughs> they will give you nothing off. And they thanks for listening. No bed frame for you not to sleep on. <laughs> they will actually charge you more. Um, <laughs> and no, it's it's very much a part of this world that uh, doesn't want to be taken seriously. I think mm. and doesn't want to be um, doesn't want to be shown. And and which is what's funny is because in your own head, talking about your problems and being transparent and bringing it into the light is like the last thing you want it to do. Mm. That life almost imitates art in this way where it's like, yeah, the world doesn't want to treat mental illness the same as like physical illness when it very much is. And it's a thing that a lot more people than don't, I think experience at this point. And we should be able to talk about it. And I should be able to sit down and tell you like my list of this is what's wrong (laughs) with me. And, but like, you don't have to mimic or sorry, you don't have to like filter yourself and like not bring up something in my, like for me, because I, I love talking about things like that. I also love sharing my experiences because I have been through some things and I made it out. Like I found a way to like support and I reached out to people and I like trusted in myself and like Mm -hmm. these things. And I didn't really have anybody necessarily to like, 
that I had seen do something like that for me, at least be in like my yeah. shoes and experience it and talk about it. Like I, I hear some people talking about their experiences and I'm like, I'm great. that I'm glad that they only, not like they only had to experience that thing, but I'm like, I, I have like a lit, I have like, ugh, I have some baggage. <laughs> it's Louis Vuitton, but I have some baggage and I, I don't know if I get just to be somebody that gets to be that person where then you're like, Oh, Colton's just as fucked up as me. And he gets out of bed in the morning <laughs> to record this podcast. Like I can get out of bed too. And well, like, yeah, everyone has their own, everyone brings their own baggage to the table and baggage. everyone has it. And I think talking openly about it is a really valuable and productive thing. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why I thought it was nice to even have a disclaimer or bring up any of the conversations around like why we do the podcast, I think subconsciously wanted to do it because the uh, story I'm going to share today goes a little bit in the tabloidy direction, <gasps> but in a way I find really int- like interesting and fun. Okay. Um, Mine but, is not fun. <laughs> but I did want to like mention that... At, the root of it, the reason why we do this podcast is to talk about like human connection and relationships and what we can learn. And that's also why we're doing this special episode coming up because we want to highlight how relationships when they end or when they change, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a failure and there are things Mm -hmm. we can learn and things that we hold on to and carry with us. And like we talk about ourselves on the podcast, but we hear from people all the time that one of the reasons why they like the podcast is because they feel similarly. It makes them think about their own experiences. So when we say like write in and that it can be anything, it literally can be like a silly quick little note or it can be a heartfelt thank you to someone who really impacted your life. Because why we do this is because we want to make people laugh. We are interested in pop culture, we're interested in fame, we're interested in all these things, but at the root of it, like, it's about how people connect and how people engage with one another, and we decide to do that by being really open about our lives, because that's how we want to portray ourselves, and we want people to feel like they know us and that they're not alone, and that's why we're going to do this little special episode. So, yeah, please write in if you have anything to contribute. Yeah, please do, Um, and... You, you don't have to be like the bigger person if you want because mine's going to be call somebody out yeah, if you mine's going to be a little mix of things because you can get like, some snarky in there well yeah but like there's going to be mention of a boat guys there's <laughs> going to be mention of this is making me a better boyfriend for you because those are the most iconic things that have happened to me this year I think <laughs> um, where yeah just wait tune in to, the, <laughs> to that episode no it's not going to be like the burn book or anything because I'm actually quite uh, I don't know. I'm quite, I don't know what the word is. I, I'm pretty like, you know, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you're like at a good place. I'm in a good place. <laughs> I'm in a good point. place. Whenever I start to think about it is when I'm just like, ew, why do I make stupid decisions? Well, you've just had some time and distance and some context so that you can look at it and like, yeah, I objectively stop referring re-react. to things as like when this person ruined my life because I'm like, honestly, they weren't significant enough to do that. And then that's like my own burn. Like, yeah. ooh, a burn. <laughs> you say. A little hidden They burn. weren't significant enough. Ooh, burn. <laughs> um, yeah. I, oh, and another thing that I was reminded of by a listener and my friend whose name is Viral. He reminded me that I haven't not done a gay term of the week. You have been slacking a and little. And he, he said, like, this is, like, I need to know. Like, this is educating me because I did not know. Do you I have one queued know. up or are you going to I have one. one and hopefully you didn't get to experience this over your Thanksgiving. But I'm oh. going to be talking about clapbacks. Oh, interesting. Excellent. So a clapback, mm-hmm. or as it used to be known as a comeback, mm-hmm. uh, is what you use when, like, either 
a distant aunt is asking why you don't have a boyfriend <laughs> or maybe your brother is asking like why your skin's broken out like those kind of things you always need to have a clapback ready so a good example of that is like your aunt saying wow i see you're breaking out again will will the acne not go away and you'll say like man maybe it just needs to be more like your ex-husband and <sighs> just disappear and that's how you clap that back. is a that is a clapback. So this, I actually don't know if it's entirely gay culture. It might be a little mix of uh, black Twitter and gay culture. See, this is interesting that you say <laughs> yeah. that because I was recently watching one of my favorite programs, The Real Lauren Housewives Grace. of Atlanta. Oh, yes. And I was sitting there watching it and my roommate was there and I turned to him and I said, I'm having some feelings because I'm realizing that a lot of what I attribute to gay culture also culture. exists in black culture. I think it started and it probably there. originated in black culture because a lot of gay culture came out of like the black trans drag well, culture you know, in New York. Well, you know, gay culture is gentrification. <laughs> oh, yikes. Hey, but, you heard it here first? But no, I really do think because a lot of gay culture came out of like that New York club drag mm. black and like I'll, that's where a lot of it started well, so yeah. watching this i'm like i'm like a bunch of gays could sit down with this group of oh, i love them so much this like incredibly complex group of african-american women and we could speak the exact same language immediately and i'm like oh i think it's because we stole a lot of your culture and turned it into gay culture oh, no. but i think I think maybe we did it respectfully. Well, I or think we everybody personally didn't do it. And back. so, like, it's just how the culture evolved. I find it like t- taking the things that have, like, brought a lot of people happiness and, like, and, and adapting to it. Like, I mean, I very much feel like white people take literally everything from black people from all the people from all the people from everybody that is not not white because white culture is stealing um (laughs) for people things phrases all the things uh you don't wear a scarf because a white person thought of it i'm sure you wear a scarf because something else oh you think scarf culture originated somewhere it didn't originate here we love our cold ass necks They're always like stretched out looking at what the accident on the side of the road is holding up traffic. <laughs> Rubbernecking oh. is white culture. Anyway, clapback is a really great term. So clapback, uh, always have one queued up. Know who your target audience is. So like I said, aunts that are divorced, brothers that have a girlfriend, and it's like they're allowed to have their girlfriend in their room, but I wasn't allowed to have my boyfriend in my oh, room. Oh, can I reference another kind of thing? <laughs> can I reference another good clapback that happened recently in pop culture? Absolutely. So um, Azalea, well, yes. Azalea Banks recently Ugh. said really wild things about Lizzo. And I, it's, it can't be proven that this was a direct response or clapback to Azalea Banks saying awful iconic. things about Lizzo. But Lizzo, I can't remember if she posted it right before or right after she was just nominated for eight Grammys. But the she most just of any artist posted an Instagram photo of her whole ass that basically said, like, kiss my whole ass. Yeah. And that's what a clapback is. You get nominated for eight Grammys and you tell someone to kiss your ass. Yeah. That's a clapback. When, back. like, a washed up, irrelevant <laughs> person says that you are a sellout and you're not talented, get nominated for the most 
Grammys in one year this year. That is a clapback. Yeah. And that's that's an effortless clapback. And that's why we it, love Lizzo. That's why it's so effective. Lizzo is paying us, actually. Uh, we would Lizzo. do it for free. Lizzo! This is a Lizzo stan podcast. Hi, this is best Lizzo. <laughs> that's Lizzo. And that's Lizzo. <laughs> and that's gay culture, is loving Lizzo. Let's Thanks for bringing that back. I, we need to like actually write it down because I forget about the gay term of the week also. Well, me too. It wasn't until I was reminded that I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to actually be doing the thing this that I started. This is great, too, because my story this week is super gay. <gasps> She's gay. She's the most Where gay. is she on the, on the chart? Oh, interesting. If I had to put her on the chart, my story includes a chart. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, we'll, do, we'll get there when we cross okay, that we'll bridge. We'll also, there. this is number 23, right? Yes. And yeah. so I go first. You do go first. Well, I don't have to start yet, but... Uh, what were, what story was I going to tell? Oh, I don't know. We were talking oh, about clapbacks my mother. Oh. We both had a story about my mother. So I was talking about like the recording schedule and then whether or not what you hear back from uh, a certain organization later in December. Uh. It was like, oh, we're going to be busy or you're going to be busy. And she was like, well, why don't you just keep doing the podcast with other people? <laughs> She's like, well, like when Reeds and Kelly, like Kelly just kept going and she just had different hosts on <gasps> and you just be like, hey, this is Colton with Best Sexes and this week <gasps> I have this person. And I was like, Gabe is going to love that. <laughs> Are uh. you offended? Uh. Well, listen, I don't have the right to be offended because she fed me a beautiful meal last night. <laughs> uh, we had lovely conversation this morning. And I also listen to podcasts that actually do that. Like one of my favorite podcasts yeah. called Bitch Sesh. Mm. Uh, Casey Wilson is one you, of the hosts. And I'm she's sorry, can often, you not oh, I'm so very sorry. B-I-T-C-H Sesh. Um, she's often away working. And so her co-host like just brings in friends to guest host and it feels totally natural and fine. But I have to say, I don't feel great about the thought of it but that's my ego tying i just thought I it was really funny but you know what i said consider it and adjust no but you know what it, what i said was like well the podcast is me and him so we would just we'd figure it out well because because like you don't have any other best exes i'm aware of i mean i could scrounge <laughs> some up i could scrape some off of the bottom of the pan you could you could patch some forgiveness i together. could deglaze the pan and just wash it rise up could could you imagine if I did this with my other ex boyfriends? Oh dear! First well, of all, several of them would get a fade on site. <laughs> what? A fade, like fade, like fight, like I'd hit them. Oh, I'm not a violent person, but you know. No, I just there are like many other meanings to that word, and I went through about four of them and didn't. Um, they get would there. catch these hands. Yes, that. You know, okay. I, I'm there the hands you. would be caught in like a cornucopia. Of hands would be caught. No, I'm not violent. I wouldn't. Do no, that. I don't take personal offense to that suggestion. Um, just generalized offense. <laughs> oh, good. It was more her like offering a very nice solution to the problem of like you being really busy. But I think that we would be able to figure it out. I mean, that would be a good problem to have. Let's be honest. Well, at the end of the day, I'd be like, yeah, we'll just take a freaking hiatus. Like, I don't. Or we'll just bank up some episodes. Or both. Bank up some or episodes. Both. Take a hiatus. I can go to Palm Springs finally because that's what's stopping me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I couldn't possibly go because then what if you're like, we need to record right now. And I'm in Palm Springs and I'd be like, but I'm in Palm what's Springs. What's in Palm Springs? I don't know. The story. <laughs> The story? No, I'm just being stupid. Oh, Gabe. I'm like you've been wanting to go to Palm Springs. I know. No, I don't. Sometimes my work it doesn't work. My jokes, and that's okay. (laughs) And that's what this is all about. (laughs) Is 
like I don't want to I don't want to hold you back from going to Palm Springs if like it's in your heart to go to Palm Springs you should go to Palm my Springs. My heart is in Palm Springs. Oh wow. Then so, yeah, I think we need to talk about this. I've been detail. like a total of 3 times and all of those were to take like my clients working at the group home there uh, on like visits and they were horribly depressing. Well, like the most sure. depressing you could think. So I don't like thinking about Palm Springs. I've only ever been to Palm Springs adjacent Palm Desert. Sure. Which is where my parents often go to vacation with my grandmother. And all they do is like go to the casino, eat really good food, stay in the air conditioning, go in the pool. And that's my idea of a good Palm Springs, mm. which isn't even really Palm Springs. Should uh, we so say wh- Palm Springs again? Sure. What you're saying is that we are already the age that your parent- grandparents are because that's what we love doing already. You know what? Sorry. I just went right back because I'm still on this whole replacing me as a host topic. Oh. I think the only reason I'd be okay with it is if your mother replaced me as the host. <laughs> I want your mom. So I think she your just mom volunteered. Could never, I don't think your mom could ever say something mean about somebody. <laughs> oh, no. She but, would but have you're to not tell mean. very... I mean, she wouldn't like telling the story, like the sad no. story. No, she'd be like, and they, and then like they broke up, but I think that they're still friends. I'm like, no, you're supposed to ask me. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. she would have to find some very heartwarming stories. No, we, on a special Mother's Day episode, my mother is going to be joining. I us. know. So get I'm excited. wondering if I can convince my mother, but I think she would hate. I, she doesn't like being on camera. She doesn't like being on mic. She does not like anything it. of the sort. I will peer pressure her. At Thanksgiving. Well, at this is in the future, but maybe three days ago, I convinced your mom to do this episode. Maybe. I don't know if she would. Well, she like loves stories and reading, so maybe if she's just reading, I don't know. We'll talk to her. She could just tell a lovely story. We'll start working on it. Yeah, because I think that that would be adorable. And yeah, I think we have like in mind a couple really exciting guests to have on. Mm -hmm. And that's why we asked, like, who did you like a lot? What did you enjoy about it? Because we definitely want to have everyone we've had on (laughs) again. Plus some new exciting ones. Not that the ones we've had before. Are exciting. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, they're very exciting. It's just, I really like this episode. It's just newness. You know, like when you get a new mattress and it's brand new and then Gabe's is actually terrible. And Yeah, he, he I've gotten like used it. to it though, even though it's not very good. Yeah, not like us when we were dating with me. You want to start with stories? You had to get used to me because I was terrible. Oh, okay. Jesus. I don't really self-deprecate that much anymore. That's I, true. I'm like very... It felt like out of character at It this did. Point. I'm very much a fan of myself at this point in my yes, life. As you should be. As I should be. Somebody needs to be. Ah, I did it again. <laughs> you sure did. No, so this week I have a very... Um, it's kind of a story that I was aware of, but I did not know the details at all. And on a drive to Disney one day with my madre... We were talking about like people that she would like love to hear about and was one of the names that I brought up. And she was like, oh, yeah, that one would be really good. So I have decided today to do Mm. Miss Tina Turner (gasps) and Ike Turner. Oh, no. I know very little about this, but I know it's juicy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. So it gets... In a bad way. No, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. So kind of like mine with uh, two weeks ago with (laughs) Eileen Warnos, this does have reference to some domestic abuse. Eat the cake anime? 
just oh no. no it's fine um i'm not going there calm oh. down well i don't <laughs> even remember exactly what it is just that it's bad okay but it, the story itself is very interesting i knew very very little about them especially their lives together and then post and then i just have like a wonderful rap sheet of just like a woman being fucking awesome oh, and good. That's it makes be... me really oh, happy and all of her things so just to like let you know the the golden road to this ends with hearing a lot of wonderful like awards and things and i'm just very happy about it um but yeah like i also didn't realize not that they were like they're old but they're like older than i thought but that's because black doesn't crack i think (laughs) like at all and i was shocked are we allowed to say that it's complimentary it is yeah but are we allowed to say that are you asking me let us know no i'm like asking the audience let us know if we're allowed to say that because it's complimentary should we not say that it's true it, that's why I'm saying it. It's the truth. <laughs> oh, I agree with you. And also, this is her birthday week. Right now, currently? Yes. <gasps> so that's why I was really as double As we're recording excited. this or as we're releasing this? Um, It was two days ago. So it was last... It, like when, you, the year, when everyone was hearing this, it was a couple days before. Got it. But, that's so, fun time. Well, when I was looking it up, I was like, oh my God, it's her birthday week. Yes. Um, And she was born in 1939. Okay, girl. But that's why I was Wait, like, I'm that's sorry. Wild. I know. Like, that's why I'm like... That's not right, but it, she is. 90. No, your math is bad. 70 plus 19. 89. She's 90. She just turned, she's 35. Wait, what year did you say? 39 or 29? 39. Oh, wait. Yeah. So that's 61 plus 19. Guys, we already know we can't do math because 10 times 12 so is a billion. So we're in the 80s, not <laughs> it's the a billion. 90s. Pardon me. My, Mary, who was on the podcast, <laughs> texted so us immediately. We were like, we corrected it, Mary. I know. We like, caught She it. hadn't gotten to the point. She just wanted to like we s- caught stay it. in the moment where we were wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, when we're doing this, I never remember anything that I say on this. Because it's like all just coming out of me uh, and I don't remember anything. I also forget how to math whenever, <laughs> like whenever I'm on a camera or someone's listening to me speak, I have forgotten everything I've ever learned and it's a lawless land and there's no rules. Okay. There's no money. Wait, what? So you're doing 2019 minus 1939. Maybe I am. <laughs> She's 80. She's 80 years old. Okay. Not 90 years old. I heard (sighs) 29 instead of 39. She's 80 years old. Anyways. Still looking good for 80. Pardon me. I'm done. Okay, bye. All right. So we're recording on her birthday week. Uh, So, yes. So Tina Turner was born Anna Mae Bullock, which Gabe referenced a Jay-Z song just a minute ago. Uh, (laughs) Well, because that's from... Yes. We're aware. (laughs) So we don't need to go into that, no. Um, so I'm just going to tell a little bit about her, actually, and then a little bit about him. Okay. And we're going to go from there. Are you excited? Here's their picture. Oh, my gosh. they babies. Why is his shirt so gorgeous. good? <laughs> She's gorgeous. Bye. Um, so Tina Turner, born Anna Mae Bullock, was born November 26, 1939, turn up pre-World War II. <laughs> In Nutbush, Tennessee. Oh. And if you haven't heard anything that that is that Southern is Nutbush, Tennessee. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's about as much as you can go. So she's the youngest daughter of Zelma Priscilla and Floyd Richard Bullock. She was born at the Point Dexter Farm on Highway 180, <laughs> where her father worked as an overseer of the sharecroppers. Bullock had two older sisters, Evelyn Juanita Curie and Ruby Aline Bullock. Mm. As young children, the three sisters were separated when their parents relocated to Knoxville, Tennessee, to work at a defense facility during World War II. So, like, think about, I just don't, like, think 
people that are still alive right now as like having experienced World War II, but like how weird oh, yeah. to have lived through World War II, yeah. first of all, yeah. and then be on this side of it. And it's like, tell me your stories. Anyway, so like they were like her, their, her family was kind of broken up whenever they were going to Gosh, help yeah. all of that. Um, Tennessee to work. Yeah. Bullock went to stay with a very strict religious paternal grandparents, Alex and Roxana Bullock, who were deacon and deaconess at the Woodlawn Missionary Baptist Church. All right, Baptist. After the war, the sisters reunited with their parents and moved them all to Knoxville. Okay. So as a young girl, uh, Tina, I'm just going to call her Tina yeah, because that's Tina. how she's known. Uh, she sang in the church choir at Nutbush Spring Hill Baptist Church. When she was 11, her mother, Zelma, ran off without warning, seeking freedom from her abusive relationship with her husband, Floyd. Mm. She relocated to St. Louis in 1950. Okay. So here we are. The stage is set. 1950. I'm turning my page. I can't do it. I have fingernails, by the way, now. Mm. Remember, I didn't have fingernails for a while. So as a teenager, Tina lost her sister, Evelyn, in a car crash, along with her cousins, Margaret and Vella. A self-professed tomboy, Bella, uh, Tina, (laughs) these last names are killing me. So yeah, so as a self-professed tomboy, uh, Tina joined the cheerleading squad and the female basketball team at Carver High School in Brownsville and socialized every chance that she got. Very social. When she was 16, her grandmother passed away, so she went to live with her mother in St. Louis, the mom that ditched. Right. She graduated from summer high school in 1958, and after her graduation, she worked as a nurse's aide at Barnes Jewish Hospital. Cute. Now on to Ike. And and it's Ike. So Ike was born in Clarksdale, Mississippi, on November 1st, 1931. Ah, so early. To Beatrice Cushenberry, a seamstress, and Isaiah Luster Turner Sr., a Baptist minister. So we're sensing that religion is a big deal. Sure. So he's the youngest of two children. uh, Oh, the youngest of their two children. He had a sister named Lee Ethel Knight. Turner said that when he was very young, he witnessed his father beaten and left for dead by a white mob, which, like, what the fuck? His father lived for three years as an invalid in a tent in the family's yard before succumbing to his injuries. Wild. His mother then married a man named Philip Reeves. Turner said that his stepfather was a violent alcoholic and that they often argued and fought. He then ran away to Memphis, where he lived rough for a few days before returning home. Just a part of okay. his teen years. Turner was inspired to learn the piano on a visit with his friend Ernest Lane. And Turner persuaded his mother to pay for piano lessons, but he did not take on to formal styles of playing. Instead, he went on, uh, he spent the money in a pool hall to learn boogie woogie, which is a form of playing music that I didn't know. Oh, so he (laughs) He was like, I'm sorry, what? He just like, instead of using the money to go to classical piano lessons, he like just took the money and then learned boogie woogie. He taught himself to also play guitar um, by playing along to old blues records. Ike was first a DJ at a local radio station, WROX, and a member of the rhythm ensemble called the Top Hatters. In 1940, he formed together with his friends Raymond Hill, Eugene Fox, Clayton Love, the Kings of Rhythm. Have you heard of that? I mean... I mean, okay. (laughs) I actually had heard of that, and so I didn't feel so stupid. Uh, In the 1950s, he became a session musician, contributing his piano playing to some B.B. King tracks. Okay. His first single, Rocket 88, which is like the big 
Ike Turner single, was released under the name Jackie Bur- Ooh, Jackie Brinston and his Delta Cats Come on. in April 1951. The Kings of Rhythm settled in East St. Louis um, and was one of the most highly rated groups in the club circuit in 1956. So now on to 1957 when they met each other. Mm. So Tina and her sister began to frequent nightclubs in St. Louis and East St. Louis. Tina crossed paths with Ike Turner, the leader of Kings of Rhythm, who was credited as one of the first groups to introduce rock and roll to the world with their song Rocket 88, which I didn't know that, that that was like the first Mm -hmm. rock and roll song. Uh, Tina, who was in her teens, was not particularly drawn to Ike romantically upon first glance. In fact, she found him unattractive. (laughs) Uh, But she did say that he had a wonderful voice, and that's what drew her in. You good? How you doing? I'm good. She got up to sing her version of B.B. King's You Know I Love You, and their musical bond was instantly formed. With Ike taking up his powerful voice, they soon became the Ike and Tina Turner Review, which I had to look up what review meant, and it means a light theatrical entertainment consisting of a series of short sketches, songs, and dances, which I was like, what? The Axe scored their first R&B hit in 1960 with A Fool in Love, and it reached number two. Oh, wow. Dun, dun, in the charts that they reached. <laughs> I think the charts. Great. <laughs> the couple had become intimately entangled, and with Tina having a child from a previous relationship, and his band with his bandmate Raymond Hill, juicy, and two of her, uh, and he had his two of his sons from a marriage he had in 1962. Uh, Tina would then become the mother figure of the two sons, so like three kids at this point. They okay, just became so a small little family. He had he brought two. Kids, and she brought one. And she brought one. Yeah. I just didn't, you know, like bring up hers because I want to focus on them. <laughs> the first one. <laughs> Backed by a band with the singers, dancers dubbed the Iquettes, which, why wouldn't they just be the Turners? Oh. I don't know. We need to, guys, <laughs> let's go back to 1957 and figure this out. The couple had more, or had top 10 R&B hits with I Idolize You, It's Gonna Work Out Fine, Poor Fool, and Tra La La in the mid 60s. So that's the top 10 R&B songs. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Tina worked with Phil Spector to create the track Deep River Mountain High, which everybody has heard if you've been alive at any point, <laughs> which really didn't do well in America, but flew into the top five in the UK. Okay, a little random. Who knew? Ike and Turner didn't break into the upper echelons of the domestic pop charts until 1971 with their cover of Credence Clearwater Revival's Proud Mary. Which mm-hmm. everyone has also heard that, yes. uh, which also earned the act uh, earned an act a Grammy for best R and B vocal performances by a group that year. Tina would later pen a bouncing up tempo ode to her roots, 1973's Nutbush City Limits, Nutbush, <laughs> that hit both the pop and R and B charts and became a longtime favorite. Proud Mary was a cornerstone of the act, cornerstone of the act's live show with a spoken intro that Tina made up on the spot when Ike first introduced the song into the band's repertoire, and the high energy, intricate dance moves, like as we know she is for, with the mm-hmm. high kicks, the twirls, the spins, the deep diving, the swimming motions. Yep. Tina, what? I love it. Sparkly dresses. I know. So she displayed that. I know, and she had her spikely dresses, that big hair. She had legs for days. Mm-hmm. I just have to make sure. It, like screensaver keeps coming on like what on earth um so yeah legs for days um 
oh, with all of her dance moves and the eye cats, this made the review's reputation uh, kind of legendary and a must-see performance. Got People it. were okay. talking about it, and it was the buzz. Though there was a certain amount of success that the act had, music observers and Tina herself lamented that the band wasn't able to reach even big enough milestones due to Ike's self-sabotaging and violent behavior. And with Tina often at the focal point. Sad. I hate that. With Ike having survived deep trauma from his childhood, Tina lived through regular physical and emotional abuse from her spouse for years, sometimes forcing herself to sing and dance after being battered. The domestic situation was relentlessly permeated uh, with fear and pain as Ike abused drugs and openly paraded around mistresses. Yeah. Not cute. Don't do that. Uh, Tina later recounted in her 2018 memoir, My Love Story, that sexual encounters with her then-husband were an expression of hostility, especially when it began began and ended with a beating. So, terrible. Don't do that. (laughs) Tina is incredible and a survivor. Tina did attempt to kill herself in 1968. Mm-hmm. Uh, after she recovered, she became aware of her strength and wish a vision. Oh, and with a vision to survive, she eventually escaped the marriage. Arriving in Dallas, summer of 1976, Tina fled from Ike after a fight and managed to get to a safety in a Ramada Inn with practically no money and just her bloodied clothing. Mm. That's all she had. Despite routine intimidation, Tina eventually divorced him, taking no other assets except for her new name, Tina Turner, and just two cars <laughs> after all that. So, first of all, did they stay friends? No, girl. Yeah. Fuck no, because we don't stay friends with people like that. No, no, no. And we no. go on to become much more successful than the man that did that to you. So, no. So, they definitely did not stay friends. Um I, I don't know where the eat the cake thing comes in, but it can't be positive. Do you know that story? I mean, yes, for the most part. It's not great. I mean, it's pretty simple, but it's in the... They did like a biopic or something. Was she in that film? I can't even remember. Which one? It was a movie about her life. No, that was Angela Bassett. Um, the What's Love Got to Do With It? Yeah, she wasn't in that. But there's a scene in it which is apparently true to life when like well, they're yeah, supposed based to on be her book. they're supposed to be having a celebratory moment, but he's been an asshole and so she isn't eating the cake and he tells her to eat the cake anime and she doesn't, so he like shoves it into her face in front of everyone. It's like this violent, awful moment. Yeah, that's not cute. It's real bad. More fun to do ever. Uh, so yeah, so like not friends. No, no friendship. So using her Buddhist practice to help center herself, oh, she steadily she to Buddhism. I know. Yeah, she steadily performed in smaller venues while she found herself in a little bit of debt. She made some key networking moves and signed with a manager, Roger Davies, and she joined Capitol Records. Do you have a like general time frame of when this was? This was like the. 60s, 70s? This is, uh, well, at the, when she had made her comeback, it was in 84. 84. Okay. Yeah, so like her big thing. Uh, she staged, oh yeah, so Tina actually staged a pop music comeback with her 1984 Private Dancer album and a host of singles that included the little track, uh, a remake of Al Green's Let's Stay Together, Better Be Good to Me, and What's Love Got to Do mm-hmm. With It, which reached number one uh it's the grammy winning song what's love got to do with it reached number one in the u.s and it is seen by many of tina's trade it's her trademark song 
Oh, yeah. 100%. She performed the song at the 19, 1985 Grammys, and it is still considered to be one of the greatest live performances <laughs> the Grammys has ever had. And I watched it. Oh, yeah. I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, which is really impressive because no one actually sings at that anymore. <laughs> and she was just like, yeah, and what's all I've got to do with it? This... Uh, the studio albums Break Every Rule and Foreign Affair follow. Those are the name of the albums. As oh, well God. as a starring role in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome that featured the anthem We Don't Need Another Hero. I didn't oh, know she was I was unaware of that, too. Yeah. So in 1986, she wrote a memoir, I, Tina, uh, with journalist Kurt Loder that was turned into the 1993 film What's Love Got to Do With It? Starring Angela Bassett ah, yes. and Lawrence Fishworm. She said that she's never seen the whole thing, which... That would be weird. Why would you need to? That would be weird this to point? watch, probably. Um, she holds a Guinness Book of World Records for the largest paid audience for a solo performer with 180,000 people in 1988. What? 180,000 people? Just for her. Wow. Because what's love got to do with Just it? some crazy stadium yeah. show or something. Yeah. In the United Kingdom, Turner is the first female artist to have a top 40 hit in six consecutive decades. Whew. She has had a total of 34 UK top 40 hits. So she's killing it over in the UK. Yeah, they're loving Who it. Who knew? Turner, along with Donna Summers, are the only female artists to garner concurrent Grammy nominations for pop, rock, and R&B. Pop, rock, and R&B. Cross, That's really cool. Cross genre. Yeah. Tur- Turner has won a total of eight Grammys, mm. 25 nominations. Oh, jeez. <laughs> she holds the record with four awards given for best female rock vocal performances. Three of her, re- re- oh, three of her recordings, River Deep, Mountain High, <gasps> Proud Mary, yeah. and What's Love Got to Do With It are in the Grammy Hall of Fame. I she also she... received the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award cool. last year. Which I remember that. I remember hearing that. She has won three American Music Awards with eight nominations. And in the 1984, she won five of the six nominations for the Billboard Year-End Chart Awards, including Comeback of the Year, Artist of the Year, Female Vocalist of the Year, Soul R&B Artist of the Year, and Album of the Year. So she won five of the six she was nominated for? The The one that she didn't get was just Song of the Year, but she won everything else. Wow. And across all award platforms, she, like, this is all of them. This is every award you could win with music. She has won 160 of the 180 (laughs) nominations. Jeez. Yeah. So a couple of little other dates with, like, big substantial things that I love. So 1986, she got her Hollywood Walk of Fame. In 1991, she was inducted into the St. Louis Walk of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In 2004, People ranked her 1985 performance of What Love's Got to Do With It with one of the top 10 Grammy moments of all time. Mm. In 2005, she received the Kennedy Center's honors. 2008, Rolling Stone ranked her number 17 on their list of 100 greatest singers of all time. 17 ain't bad, especially especially because we have like... You know, there's a lot of singers That's out of there. all time. Of all time. And that's from Rolling Stones. 2009, Time ranked her performance of What Love's Got to Do With It. This So People and Time, both as best Grammy moments of all time. And in 2019, she was in, or so this year, she was inducted into the Memphis Music Hall of Fame. And she's the oldest person to ever appear on the cover of Vogue magazine. <gasps> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cute. So in... In her, this is another book. So she wrote another book more recently. 
in my love story, Tina talked about her deep affection for her longtime partner, Erwin Bach, who she married in 2013. Oh, that's good. Cute. And the contours of their relationship, contrasting what she had experienced and learned from her second marriage in contrast to the first, much better. The couple now live in Switzerland, where she's now a citizen. Oh, she's in Switzerland? Bye. Yeah, she said, America's pretty awful. I'm going to go to Switzerland. Yeah, go to some beautiful countryside. she kills the United Kingdom, like, charts. Why not? She has also faced a number of health issues. She's alive, though. Including high blood pressure, a stroke, cancer, kidney failure, and her her husband, Erwin, even donated his own kidney for her transplant. Oh, wow. Find you somebody who will do that. Wow. If they can, if they match. Nonetheless, in 2017, Tina was able to give her blessings to a high-profile musical depicting her life story, which debuted the following year in London, starring Adrienne Warren. (laughs) That's her own, like, musical that she had based on her life. Having served time in prison for drug possession, Ike released his own biography, Taken Back My Name, The Confession of Ike Turner. Sit down. In 1999, he earned another Grammy in the category of Best Traditional Blues Album in 2006, with his song Rising with the Blues, and having worked with the uh, alternative pop act Gorillaz the previous year, so oh. like 2005, okay. and he did die of a cocaine overdose in December of 2007. Oh, boy. So, okay. and, then a couple, and then Tina turned that shit around and said, Erwin, you have a kidney and you love me. Let's do this. And then they got married. So Oof, she is doing great. I mean, she's still she is considered one of the greatest performers of all time. 100%. She is a queen. She had a hard life, but she is a badass. And women are fucking strong. And you just have to get out of their way, and then they I can do their shit. Love watching those every once in a while, like on VH1 or whatever. They'll VH1. do like the best performances of all time. I love watching those so much, and her perform. It's just such a good. Can you even imagine having a like? Where do you people. put 160 awards in your house? Where do you? What do you do with the 160 awards? I can't even get 200 people to listen to this. <laughs> like, and she had 180,000 people. No, she was very successful. Um, yeah, and I watched the 1985 What's Love Got to Do with performance. She's just just stomping on stage. She's doing little kicks. She's in a shiny red dress. She's just singing like she's singing live. And oh, it yeah. kills it. And it's just a wonderful experience after like everything she's been through. You're performing at the Grammys and you're a queen. Wow. So Tina, I'm so glad Switzerland. I know. Retirement years in Switzerland. Switzerland. Just yeah. She I believe she's retired now. <laughs> like she's no I longer mean... performing. Uh but she, you know, she's still she's still kicking and she's Reaping all the benefits of her amazing career. So, that's the best. You know, oldest person on Vogue. I think that's fabulous. That's really cool. Fabulous. I like that a lot. Yeah. Wonderful. That was what I found about Tina and I. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome back. Gabe just had to fight with his mic stand. It was it was interesting. It was... I loved it. It was lots of back and forth. I it was. Uh, it. You recorded it? I had it on my phone, yeah. Oh, you took video? Yeah. I was like, the mic was that, on while that, I was suggesting no, that was the rough. <laughs> It was rough watching uh, you struggle with something and being so frustrated. We've cons- we've uh, come to the conclusion that it's just broken, so <laughs> we had to <laughs> improvise, and here we are. I mean, so they were they were a good deal on the Amazon. I, yeah, I believe I they I were them. fairly... And that's a reference to uh, Jeff Bezos. So. <laughs> Sorry, <buddy>. Sponsored by <laughs> Don't you love Jeff a good Bezos. reference to a past episode? um but yeah i think it's okay we'll see i might sound totally different but i don't think i care because this is what we have to do now this what is we who we are do? 
Um, thank you for that story. Is it really bad that now I want a piece of cake? <gasps> There's donuts out Get there. Get out of here Ooh. with your cake. Ooh, donuts. Okay, I got Yeah, excited. I got donuts from Donut Bar. They're not paying us. <laughs> no but... one is. Just in case people didn't <laughs> pick up on it. No one is paying us. No, you have to say that because if that sounds like an endorsement and it's a whole thing. Oh, so we don't want like legal liability or yeah. something. <laughs> Jeff Bezos needs to pay us. Bezos. Shut up. It's Wait, not. which one is it? It's Bezos. My My sister looked it up. Yeah, I know she corrected us, but what she corrected it to be Bezos? No, it. I was saying Bezos because it's Bezos. I'm stupid, and it's Bezos. Okay, whatever. He's, it's spelled he's that too way. Rich to need his it's name spelled that way. So my story today, my number one source Ooh. for this story. <gasps> oh, I today. didn't give a source. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, you, source away. Source. Oh, it was all from Biography.com Ooh. by Clarence Hart-Haynes. Let's get it, Clarence. Thanks. So my source for my story today, my first primary source is my friend Sarah. <laughs> oh, really? Um, I love that. Hi, she, Sarah. First of all, we're right before Christmas at this point. If you like adorable handmade things, go find her shop on Etsy. It's called Anatomical Heart Art. She makes ceramics and enamel pins and patches and these amazing tiny mini embroideries that I can't stop buying. Yes. Um, but she's amazing. I love her. But not only did she point me to the couple I'm covering today, she also gave me the scoop on like this whole tangled web of other couples attached to and surrounding this couple. <gasps> a web, you say? Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the web at the end. Me in 2018. Um, and my favorite part about this whole story is that a lot of people online called this couple and everyone kind of surrounding them the celesbians of the entertainment industry <gasps> which is celebrity lesbians no <laughs> and some people maybe would find that term to be like reductive or offensive i find it to be delightful and yeah. celebratory and that so means right. when i use the term celesbians i'm saying it with love because it tickles me um and From celesbians i lesbians with love I <laughs> I also just like want to sit at a table with all these ladies and like have lunch. I think it would be the most fun. Is this what like the L word is based off of? No. Oh, I don't know. I know I nothing about the L to word. Watch I, it could be. I know nothing about the L word. Um, but in addition to this, um, my sources are Harper's Bazaar, mm. Grazia Daily, okay. um, and the Dallas News. Ooh. And so the lesbians we're talking about today, the celesbians we're talking mm. about today, are. Cara Delavine. I don't know how you actually say your last name. I'm going to say Delavine. And the musician known as St. Vincent, whose name is actually Annie Baker. Are you familiar with St. Vincent at all? Yeah, I am because of your your sister, I think. Did my sister introduce you to St. Vincent? I think your sister introduced you and you introduced me. So it's sort of like introduced... Like by proxy, yeah, it's like we're that makes sense because Saint Vincent is really known for her guitar work. Like she's an incredible guitarist. She's like shreds on the guitar. So my sister would love her. Um, So why don't we start there with Saint Vincent? So Annie Clark was her actual name, and she was born in 1982. (laughs) All lesbians are named Annie. Um, No, Annie Clark was born in 1982 in Dallas, and she's better known as Saint Vincent. I'm going to use the word or the name Annie when I talk about her because I don't want to just keep saying St. Vincent over and over again. But she is a Grammy-winning musician who makes what a lot of people refer to as experimental, like, alternative indie pop. (laughs) And like like I said, she's this incredible guitarist. She, like, can shred against anyone on stage. It's, like, a lot of her her concerts are just, like, her on guitar. Um, And she also really loves, like, performance art and color. So her performances are, like, these really stylized, strangely choreographed 
routines. It's very so, odd. Like she did SNL and no one knew what to qu- knew quite what to do with her because it's like so specific and unique. Um, and she has been compared to Prince, Bjork, Iron Maiden, FKA Twigs, Stevie Nicks, David Bowie, Kate Bush, Talking Heads, and Carol King, just to name a few. So you can see like she hits all the genres, like yeah, lots of different influences. That's like everybody. And, um, but the combination is really cool. Like, I actually really like her music and her, I think it was two albums ago, her self-titled album called St. Vincent. Um, that was the one that actually won her a Grammy. She won best alternative album and it made her the first woman in 20 years to win in that category. Oh, yes. And that same. Oh, I love when women beat men. Oh, yeah. And then that same year she was invited to perform with Nirvana when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So she's basically this like hugely respected, amazing musician who's like very niche and kind of quirky but i love her and she's really talented and cool she's paying so that's annie then we have Kara. Kara? i think it's Kara. i think it's Kara. i believe it's Kara. your last name i believe is right delavine uh she was born in london in 1992 she's a model she's younger than me yeah she's a model actress and singer question mark she's done some music that we haven't heard much about um and basically she came up as a model first she signed with her management like right after she left school and apparently she like spent a year or two not getting any work like not booking anything but then after she did start booking it like hasn't stopped hasn't stopped she's literally in everything she's yeah one of the most famous models in the world right now and so some of the brands she's modeled and worked for are burberry chanel donna karen oscar de la renta fendi (gasps) moschino dolce and gabbana versace yves saint yves saint laurent and like pretty much everyone easier to say who she hasn't done than everybody else and this is a fun thing just because i think a lot of people like roll their eyes at models or whatever, but like they're she's a hugely successful model. And to bring it home in 2012, and this is before she was as famous as she is today. Like she's way more famous today. In 2012, she walked nine shows in New York Fashion Week, then walked exclusively for Burberry in London Fashion Week. They were one of the first brands that like gave her jobs. So she walked just for them in London. Then she walked six shows for Milan Fashion Week and seven shows for Paris Fashion Week. So that was 2012, she was like the math, busiest model but Mary ever. Can. How many shows is <laughs> many that all together, Mary? Mary? <laughs> you went to school. Then she broke into acting. So her first like big-ish role was a supporting role in the adaptation of Anna Karenina a few years back that Kira Knightley starred in. Oh, which I is actually a Paper lovely. Paper Town was her first. Thing. So she did that, and then yeah. she did Paper Towns, which was the adaptation of John Green's novel that's hugely popular, and that she like catapulted her. Well, yeah, I watched it, and she wasn't bad. And I'm very not critical of actors turned like or uh, models turned actors but i'm very critical of comedians turned actors mm-hmm. so it kind of like plays it but not that i'm being critical of people but i'm always like i want to see, see if they have the, well it's like i want to see if you like got coaching lessons stick to it see if this is actually something you were good at and you earned over like you were this you yeah. know and she i thought she was good I yeah i haven't seen good. that but um like it's what broke her out yeah and then since then, she, like, booked Suicide Jeez, Squad, and she's been working. <laughs> yeah, she was in Suicide Squad. She was in... She's in Carnival Row, which mm-hmm. is an Amazon original. On Amazon right now. Um, and she's in something big that's coming out. Yeah, she has a bunch too. of stuff going yeah. on. Um, but... 
oh, she was in that really bad yeah. sci-fi movie with um, Dane something. Yeah, it was like the was it the same creators from The Matrix? They like made another movie and it was really weird. So. That was Jupiter Ascending. Oh, that was Jupiter Ascending. Ooh. Yeah, I'm getting it confused. Eddie now. Redmayne got paid though. He was good in it. He said, "I had an Oscar." I think. Um, but yeah, so she works a ton. So um, that's Kara and Annie and Kara first met in 2014, and basically they were. They started to be seen, Kara started to be seen in the cities that Annie was touring in her U.S. tour. So, like, she kind of went along for her tour. And that's when, like, people started to realize that they were dating and they were together. And then they were seen kissing at the Brit Awards right after that. And then, like, the cat was out of the bag that they were together. And A lot of y'all think you're slick. And, yeah, (laughs) you're showing up to award ceremonies together and y'all smooching. Well, this is the interesting thing is that Annie slash St. Vincent, she's super, super private. So, especially up until this point, like, she had her music career. She was private until she's dated a supermodel. But then Kara is, like, one of the most famous people in the whole world. Because she's also, like, friends with, like, Taylor Swift and... uh, uh Gigi Hadid and like that whole crowd like they're the most famous young women in the world right now so obviously she's getting all this attention and so then Annie did yeah and Kendall Jenner so Annie did start attending events with Cara like she'd go to red carpets she went to the Burberry fashion so so she's very private but she's like supporting her person and now like she's in all these tabloids and stuff um but again they actually did a pretty good job of keeping things private so the most public information we got from their relationship or that I could find is that there would be like a social media post here or there of them together, like them supporting one another. And then finally in an interview in 2016, Kara finally like made a comment about the relationship, which up until that point, no one had heard anything. She said, I think being in love with my girlfriend is a big part of why I'm feeling so happy with who I am these days. And for those words to come out of my mouth is actually a miracle. It took me a long time to accept the idea until I first fell in love with a girl at 20 and recognized that I had to accept it. Before, I didn't know what love was, real love. I didn't understand the depth of it. I always used to think it was you against the world. Now I know the meaning of life is love, whether that's for yourself or for the world or your partner. Cute. So that's so sweet and so cute. I want someone to <laughs> write like that. And that was one of the first comments that either of them made about their relationship. And then about a month later, so not oh. too long after that... They ended up splitting. And St. Vincent just hated that cute letter. <laughs> if that was too much, How you, dare oh, you? Stepped, overstepped the line. I'm sorry, you believed in yourself? Fuck um, you. But base- <laughs> what's rumored to have happened, and I kind of hope that it's a rumor because it seems a little petty and it Hell has to be more than this. But basically, people said that Annie didn't show up to Kara's birthday party. And instead just made, like, a post on Instagram wishing her happy birthday. Which I'm like, those probably busy? weren't opposite things. She had to have been busy. That's why I'm like, I think this just sounds like rumor Yeah, she was, like, pay- playing Madison Square um, Garden. I couldn't make it. I'm so sorry. So, like, or something else was going on. Like, it's not like that. I really don't believe that's the reason why they yeah, broke up. Yeah, like, she was at a funeral or some shit. Or like, they were already going through some stuff and she didn't... Whatever. Whatever the case is. Apparently know. she didn't go... And then not too long after that, they after split. And so they were together for about a year and a half altogether. And some think that it was because Kara had a really crazy promotional tour schedule for Suicide Squad. But then Annie had like a crazy busy tour touring with her music before. So like that. So basically all the reasons that are cited, I don't think are actually why they broke up. But yeah. they did break up. Um, and basically, uh, this is also like... <laughs> 
alleged to be connected to this, but this actually, I believe, more like right after their split, Kara posted like a quote on Instagram, like one of those oh, no, not a quote. like photo text quotes <gasps> huh? that said, you can't live a positive life with a negative mind, oh. which feels like a burn. <laughs> oh, um, I would have just gotten that tattooed on myself. <laughs> Thanks. This too shall pass. So a year, about a year after all this, and I'll get to our question in a minute, but a, about a year after all this, Annie was promoting her new record called Mass Education. So this was 2017. Um, She was promoting the record and people thought and still think that some of the songs on that record were about Kara and or about Kristen Stewart, who (gasps) Annie had since dated. Um, So basically doing all this press for that album, people kept asking her, like, is it true? Is this record about Kara? Is it about Kristen Stewart? What's going on? And so finally... quite the girlfriends to have. I know. Holy shit. And so finally Annie, like, had to address it at some point in some form. So this is the kind of long quote that she said. She said, uh, I've always kept my writing close to the vest. And by that, I mean I'm always going to write about my life. Sometimes in the past, I did that way more obliquely than now. But it's almost like an involuntary reflex. I can't Mm -hmm. help but be living and also taking notes on what's going on, always trying to figure out how to put that into a song. And that does not mean that there's literal truth in every lyric. Um, Well, yeah. uh, Where'd I go? It's a... Oh, yeah, that doesn't mean that there's literal truth in every lyric. Of course not. But I can only write about my life. And that dating Kara was a big part of my life. Mm. I wouldn't take it off limits just because my songs might get extra scrutiny. How Sorry, how long were they together? A year and a half, it said. Oh, okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's quality, not quantity. I yeah. Guess, but, I mean, that, that's still a long time. Um, and then, and you know, the way Kara was talking about her just before they broke up was like this well, deep yeah. love. And like not a burn to lesbians we both have sisters of the lesbians but they love moving a little fast yeah they're comfortable having a wedding dress picked out after the first day i mean it which is what so it is. am i <laughs> so it's like fair like i i've not gone on a date and not thought about like how's their last name gonna look online <laughs> like kind of thing because you need to be thinking that way but because if they have a, like a disgusting last name like okay i'm keeping mine Things. Well, yeah, there are ways around that. Yeah. You know, if it's there like are Burgerhausen, no. I'm there not are things you can do Colton with Burgerhausen. Would it be weird that I would love a name like Burgerhausen? <laughs> Gabriel Burgerhausen, Timothy <laughs> Gabriel Burgenhausen sounds like very on brand. I don't know. I'm kind of into it. Okay, we're changing your name. Um, it's your stage name. <laughs> but so basically, she acknowledged that, yeah, some of it might be about her, but then she also at the same time defended the songs by saying, like, she also said later in the interview, I've never wondered who Tom Waits was singing about on Big Black Mariah. I've never wondered who Leonard Cohen was singing about. And if I knew, it wouldn't help my enjoyment of the song. There are certainly codes and references, stuff uh, stuff that's my own internal language, but I firmly believe that it doesn't help anyone's enjoyment of the song to know my intention behind it. Wow. So she was like, yeah, it's there, but also like that it shouldn't matter. Just listen to the music kind of a yeah. thing. The, but then people were also like, okay, Annie, but also like her title, not title track, but one of the main singles off that album called Pills, which is kind of a bop. And Jack Antonoff, who you covered earlier in an episode, produced it. Um, yeah, of course. He, uh, he has good taste. That song includes Kara's voice. So like the hook of the song is Kara singing slash talking and it's in the song. So it's like, okay, it's not about her, but she's singing in it. And in response, Annie said, I knew it couldn't be my voice. Kara has a beautiful voice. It's just so pure. It's a sonic extension of who she is. So with all that said, do you think they stayed friends? Uh, um, 
I mean, this this has nothing to do with her, but how old is Annie? Because to have played with Nirvana, like you needed to be Ready. a little older. She was born in 1982, which means she's six years older than me, so she's 37. Okay, cool. That's what I was thinking. I thought she was under 40. Uh, well, that's unrelated. But um, I was just like, dang, that's quite a career. And I wondered how old she was. And then Kara is, is like 20, th- 20 years old. <laughs> Fuck off. Four years life. younger than me, so she's 27 ish. <laughs> well, so it's like a four, 10 year she's difference. One year younger than me, yeah. Huh. Well, One year difference. we love a year age difference. I don't know. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, or here's here's my guess. Right now they're not, but they might get to a point where they could be. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, a year and a half is a good enough amount of time. Like I'm saying before, you can have like a really great relationship in a couple months, whatever. Uh, um, but that's a good amount of time. It's a lot of hurt feelings, especially by what she posted. Like mm-hmm. that was a little insight into, I think some of the, they weren't that compatible when it came down to some things. Cause as I've discovered is like, yeah, I think I do need a very like optimistic person hmm. because I have a tendency to like either like, you know, drag things and things like that, that I almost like need somebody who is like a ray of sunshine <laughs> for my like, you know, jaded cat personality. <laughs> Um, but I'm very much a positive person, but that's where I think, okay, so they maybe didn't align there, but I think that maybe they could be friends. Well, upon first investigation, the answer is yes. They stayed friends. Yay. And Annie said this. She is said, she okay? Is Annie okay? <laughs> Annie, Sorry. is you okay? Uh, Annie said this. I definitely credit being around here for that expansion in my chest, talking about her like new creative inspiration. This is me at my most literal. It's always been me, but the code was a little harder to crack. I was left com- less comfortable being deeply sincere. I'd never experienced anything like paparazzi following you on a high-speed chase down the streets of London. Not being able to walk down the street put a whole host of complications into the relationship. Kara is so kind and sincere that it didn't seem that her spirit was corrupted by it. So, like, still thinks positively where she credits Kara to, like, being an inspiration. And she's kind of, like, amazed at how she's handling all this attention and fame. Yeah. And, like, all these accounts said that they were still friends. I kept researching. And then there's, like, all this other stuff that's a little bit more, like, alleged rumor-based. So that's why I'd like to think that they are still friends. But after they broke up, Annie started dating Kristen Stewart pretty quickly. And then... Uh, she and Kristen were seen. What a rebound! I know. She and Kristen were seen at the Vogue CFDA Fashion Fun show that they do every year, and people basically said it's that like short hair. Kara was. <laughs> people basically said that Kara was upset by it. Not because I mean, fashion is kind of her realm. That's where she if works. My and showed up to my job with his new girlfriend. And Kara wasn't there. She didn't attend. Oh, okay, good. I'd but. Be- like, for them you. to show up, like, front row at a fashion show after that breakup when, like, Kara is a model. Even though both of them, that's why it's, like, well, you can't say for sure. Take. Annie and Kristen Stewart both go to fashion shows yeah. all the time themselves. Well, this is my take, is that might not have been a thing that Annie did in her life. And she must have realized how much she enjoyed that through that relationship. So she's like, yeah, I really actually do well, like fashion shows And now. she also was involved in fashion before. She isn't a model, yeah. but like her stage costumes and stuff, it's all the, the super edgy fashion. Yeah, like I just she's looked up into a picture it. and they're all couture as fuck. Oh, it's like, like couture. Her, her like not her Le- body, her like pictures. <laughs> it's like leotard, like pantsuit. Like it's yeah. all this weird big, influence stuff. Big, she, like collars. Yeah, like, bright colors. Yeah. She like does lots of fat. So it's like, it's not out of the usual or outside the norm for her and Kristen 
Stewart to go to a fashion show. But them saying, like, right after they break up, she's at a fashion show and, like, Kara's this, like, top supermodel. But then Kara, sorry, I keep changing the way I'm pronouncing that. At the same time, Kara was also seen out and about with a new partner, Dakota Johnson. Oh. And so then rumors were flying that they were together and that they both like rebounded really quickly and that maybe that meant that they weren't on the best of terms. I had no idea she was queer not, yeah yeah I, 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 um but it, she, she basically so believable in 50 shades <laughs> basically none of this like contentious upset stuff is confirmed so i like to think that they're still friends but mm-hmm. i thought it was worth um noting so when those two break up do you think Kristen and dakota are gonna date well let's talk more about the lesbians um so <laughs> well first I'll, I'll just do a quick little recap so Kara, like you said she's on carnival row that amazon show it's going into its second season oh it got picked up mm-hmm, doing season oh, two right now <laughs> then she's also still doing a ton of work as a model most recently she did her own collection that's um a collaboration between balmain and puma that's like just now launching and Wild. circulating um and fun fact in this You'll know how I feel about this. In 2017, Kara also, quote, wrote a book, a YA novel called Mirror Mirror about like growing up in today's age as a teenager, which was actually written by the co-writer named Rowan Coleman. Ooh, um, you got to give that credit. But to the uh, it, so it's like a so YA the novel. The, the person who wrote the book. And Kara just put her name on the front. And it's a YA novel and it has like queer adult, themes in it. Yeah, it's a young adult novel. It has queer themes in it. So it's like LGBTQ plus issues in the novel, which is fantastic. Yes. That's a great thing for her to Rep- put out there in the off. world. There's gay people. But everywhere. I also just have a personal bias where I'm like, hey, why don't you let writers write books? And like, you don't write the book. But I'm an asshole. So I acknowledge that. Gabe is. A talented writer who That's... wants to write but isn't dating St. Vincent. So the platform seems a bit Beside unfair. That, to him. I'm just a bit of a literary yeah. snob and I recognize that. So it bothers well, me. So but he hates ghostwriters. I he do appreciate whole, well, not He hates that celebrities and YouTubers and influencers write quote unquote write books, but it's an actual writer who doesn't get credit. That's yes. what's frustrating. So she is credited as the co writer rather than like a hidden name on the back cover that no one sees. Cute. So like I think they went about it the right way. Her intentions were clear. She never said like I'm a genius not novelist and it has some positive themes for young kids so if anything i'm it, checking it my is, own well here's bias. what i'll take it and appreciate it for is if the same thing had been written by somebody without a name it maybe not might not be out there and 100%. i love some queer representation 100 like however it gets there i think it's important that it's available and then we can like roast who wrote and there it are authors who basically specialize in like translating stories through the voices of people and that's what they're really good at so Cute. this so this writer who worked on this book with her, uh, Rowan Coleman, like hopefully had a great experience and made some good money. Like I recognize the fact that generally a book out in the world is a positive thing, and I'm a snob <laughs> for having thoughts Less about it. Trees, so just, God. just putting that out there. Annie slash St. Vincent today has actually recently gotten into filmmaking a bit. She wants to direct and write, Ooh. which she is. And part of that is because she's rumored to be currently collaborating or has collaborated with another famous lesbian and ex-girlfriend of hers, Carrie Brownstein of wow. Portlandia fame. Um, but I couldn't figure out if those collaborations... I didn't know all these girls are gay. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
I couldn't figure out if those collaborations were still in the works or if they stopped after they broke up. I love her. But um she's very talented. She's very talented. <laughs> um Annie also has a line of guitars which she specifically <gasps> made in order to try to quote degender rock and roll. Yes. Um and she said she has a quote saying it's not a great time to be a mediocre dude. We're coming for you. We both did rock <laughs> chicks by the way. Yeah, we did. did you know that? Um, and then she also said that overall the music is absolutely the most important thing to her. That might be idealistic, but I firmly believe that art changes the world. It's as necessary as food and shelter. It's my religion. She also said another quote of Annie slash St. Vincent's is queer to me feels like encompassing a mindset. It's ideological and political, not just about who you're sleeping with. So they're both doing really cool things now. Because uh, my good friend Sarah brought this web of lesbian drama to my attention, I do want to note a couple other things. One, before dating Kara, Annie, like I said, dated Carrie Brownstein. Um, And Annie and Carrie apparently broke up when Carrie cheated on Annie with Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black. She's a lesbian. Who is also dating women. In addition, oh in I addition, didn't know there were so many of us. Carrie Brownstein was also rumored to be dating Abby Jacobson from Broad City. Of course. I'm, um, I'm her. I'm either of them. <laughs> I'm both of them. This, go watch Jenny Slate special. There's good Broad On City Netflix. jokes. Uh, this was never officially confirmed, but um, there are reasons to believe that it actually maybe happened. Um and Sarah believes it did, so so do I. Um, and uh, what did the other thing I wanted to mention? Oh, Sarah also sent me a chart <gasps> that connects all the lesbians and draws lines to show who dated whom. Oh my I'm god, passing it's so it, I'm big. passing it to Colton. Oh, sorry. Here. Oh. And it includes <gasps> many lesbians, including Ellen DeGeneres, Portia de Rossi, Katie Lang, Tessa Thompson, Janelle Monet, Demi Lovato, Kristen Stewart, Evan Rachel Wood, Lindsay Lohan, Jodie Foster, Ellen Page, Madonna, Halsey, Ruby Rose, Angelina Jolie, Sarah Paulson, Rita Ora, Clea Duvall, and many, many, many more. Okay. And I will just say that... Not all of the women on this chart and whom I've named necessarily identify as lesbian. Some identify as bisexual. Some identify as fluid. Some identify yeah. as question. So, like, I'm not putting the lesbian label on all these women. I just love the term because I think is, it's cute. We have to post this. But this map. I thought this was wonderful boots on the ground research by Sarah. I'm so Sarah, glad she sent so it to me. <laughs> And I was actually going to try to cover the entire saga of Abby Jacobson, Carrie Brownstein, Taylor. I was going to try to do the whole thing. It ended up being far too massive for a single episode. Um, so I just stuck closer to the St. Vincent and Cara Delevingne story. So this is just the tip of the iceberg of the Celesbians that I, we can return to in the future yeah. if we'd like. Well, can I just read out all of Cara... Cara Delevingne's like yes, her, and these some of these are circle. alleged connections. Well, so these are going to be the ones that were confirmed, and then I'm going to do the ones that were rumored after. Oh, okay. Okay, so we have Michelle Rodriguez, mm-hmm. Ashley Benson, mm-hmm. Annie Clark, Arizona Muse, uh-huh. and then the rumored is. Amber Heard, Paris Jackson, Rita Oro, and Rihanna. Uh-huh. Rihanna. Yes. That's Again, alleged some of those, but I'm sorry I appreciated. I, just you, <laughs> I appreciated all that um, hard work that Sarah did on, like, on my behalf. That is incredible. Hard. That's groundbreaking. That's mm-hmm. what we need in mm-hmm. this world. Yes. I need to know 
what homosexuals are dating whom? <laughs> Who is Sam Smith slept with today? Like, oh, I need to know these things. Here's the thing. One thing I've learned in researching all this is that this lesbian's keep it much more locked down than the male gays like well, it would be messy the male queers it, it's a shit show it's a mess it would be that chart would it's need crying. like a key and a legend <laughs> like it would be crazy. it would need to be color-coded there's but overlap that's again, the thing with the gays there's i'm generalizing i'm generalizing but what i did learn from this is like a lot of these lesbians really keep that privacy under like they keep it I'm locked impressed. down yeah well, I'm also impressed that I didn't know that like 90% of that <laughs> chart yeah. they were get, like, or if they did, but like, that, I guess that's not like the thing I'm looking at. I guess I just don't care who you're sleeping with, yeah. first of all. And like, if you're talented, cool, but I'm not going to be like, oh, because you're a lesbian, I have to watch you in this. It's like, oh no, you need to act well. Yeah. And I mean, like a lot of them, <laughs> or be a, like it, good. in researching for this, I read interviews where Taylor Schilling was like, yeah, I've always dated men in the past, but like being stuck on that set with those lesbians <laughs> well and seven she, years and she's talked about how when the show orange is the new black first started she would get lots of questions about like is it weird for you kissing women on set when no, you aren't a lesbian an and now she said now if someone asked her that question like it would be considered inappropriate and silly and so she's like the conversation has changed to where the fact that she herself in real life is dating women, it's like less of a surprise or less of a thing because it's just like who she's happens to be seeing in her well, personal yeah, life. It's not a big deal. Sometimes your experience comes from having like an experience like that. Like maybe she had no reason to think she would like girls. And then she has a scene with Donna from uh, that 70s show where she's making out with her all sure. seven ways a Sunday. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm into this. Yeah. Who knows? I didn't know I was into this. And there you go. Yeah. I mean, I that knew show, what I was about. Because that show had a really big cultural impact. And like, I was, it was very, I loved the first several seasons. Yeah. Like, it, it was like sure. raised to me. Like, the first four, the, done, signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah. It's really <laughs> solid. Lesbian. But that was a lot of the interviews I was reading. It's about these women, like some of them being like, yeah, I'm queer. Yeah, I'm a lesbian, whatever. And others just being like, oh, I kind of date who I date. What, like, yeah. who cares? And that's awesome. Do you have St. Vincent's Grammy record? <laughs> Do you have I, her whole list? Because I want to talk more about women winning shit. So uh, I think she's just won the one <laughs> Grammy. God bless. She's just won the one. Oh, another one coming. Oh, and <laughs> cheers. God bless you. Yeah, I did it. Um, she's just won the one Grammy. Good for her. But she's doing very well. Like she is very critically acclaimed, and she also like uh, sells records, and that's yeah. hard to do both. <laughs> well, and another thing, I mean, speaking of like Lizzo and women who have won awards, I think something that's important to point out is, and I don't understand Billie Eilish. Oh, I love Billie Eilish. So I, I don't, I don't get it. It's like one step past Lord that I don't like relate to. Interesting. It's it is like a step more stylized than Lord. But not well, making it say stylized makes it sound like I'm stupid. No. What do you mean? Uh, I don't like when it's weird. No. I just I don't think it's I'm the target audience for that. Oh, which is great. But let's talk about a sixteen year old girl not making her music about her body or like that and like just owning her uh, identity. And like all of this and me being really proud of that. And let's and she's also 16. let's also talk about the fact that both she and Lizzo, who were the top nominees this year, yeah, are musicians who came up one hundred percent through streaming. Like neither yes. of them came up through traditional music media. Well, that's just through the new radio way. play. Both of yeah. them came up like through people finding them online, yeah. streaming, and spreading the word because they and loved it. And that's why 
I think I'm, and I'm leading into this thing that I want to start doing every episode, by the way, which is what are you recommending today? Oh, interesting. So I every like week I, we have things that I would recommend somebody watch just to make you happy, make you this, however you want. It can be a Great. song, I a movie that. of this. My, what I would like that brings me, brought me a lot of happiness was Tig Notaro's Funny uh, or Die show. Oh my gosh. Where she doesn't know who the celebrity it's called Under is. Under a Rock. Under a Rock. It's fucking hilarious because she has no idea who these people are and the whole interview isn't like a ellen type interview it's a i'm gonna try and figure out who you are with like clues and she's hilarious the the um celebrities that come on i love that they're willing to come on and not be known and it's also i think really humbling for them but that's my recommendation that's so fun yeah all the people who come on are such good sports because they know what the show is before they know they're gonna get there and tig isn't gonna know who the hell they are yeah it's so good um i'll jump on that bandwagon and recommend jenny slate's netflix special i I, I mean i feel like we have done that before i think we have and it even came up this episode like colton made a little (laughs) joke or comment or something i need it to be in pop culture so it's some of the best if not the best stand-up i've seen in like a decade well i mean i'm it's safe for me to say that it was one of the best uh, stand-up performances by somebody i think i've ever seen yeah it's like the whole performance and how she works the crowd and her own personal voice and she also includes clips and interviews and like moments with her family kind of documentary (laughs) style intercut but it works really seamlessly it's like just the perfect amount it's wonderful storytelling it's on netflix it's fantastic and it i've watched it three times (laughs) yeah i've watched it twice and i will probably watch it again because it's Mm -hmm. so good and gabe just recommended it yeah but thank you guys so much for joining us this week i'm glad that we could talk about badass women in rock and roll yeah or i mean she know she was alternative wonderful no she but she's rock she plays rock guitar like nobody's business so that's i we gabe and i are the same person (laughs) i texted him one day talking about smart house and he was watching it (laughs) unprompted like we had no idea either of us were watching it but we both had disney plus but we were like watching smart house so we're the same person and we tend to do similar things (laughs) but i'm really proud of that but thank you guys for joining us um Again, if you want to write in please a thank you note to your ex, or you just want to write in a breakup story of your own that sure. you got to experience. Say hi. Like Tell I would I would love to read those. I would love to start doing more where we read from listeners because everybody has been through something and yeah. I wanna know. Share a story with us. Share <laughs> and a thank I'll you share note. some too. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it too. Share a thank you note or a story of any sort, uh bestexespod at gmail.com or just DM us on Instagram or on Facebook or anything. Yeah. And we hope you guys had a wonderful well, yeah. Thanksgiving. And if you haven't done it yet, throw us a review. It's just doing the Christian thing. Yeah, spread. <laughs> pay it forward. Pay it forward like you do in a Chick-fil-A drive-thru. Spread the love. Just pay it forward. No. Uh, I just appreciate it. I love everybody who has taken the time to write something about why this has been impactful for them and i want to just keep doing it and i want it to reach more people so maybe their day can be better you know i think that would be great that's the goal thank you guys so much hope you enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you next monday i'm gonna go eat some donuts okay bye (laughs) 